We do live in a, an apartment where strange things happen, but we also live in an apartment that we can afford in right. Manhattan, right. in the East Village. And it's big. It got, oh, really? got a little uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, I don't, you want to turn the lights on and off? Fine. You want to remove some items. You want to turn the water on and off. You want to slam doors. I don't really mind all of that. But when you start yelling at me at three o'clock in the morning, yeah. I might have a problem. You've never told me this before. Well, I've because I want you to spend the night there. I'm so not coming so to you. It's <laughs> always like that. Not to your place anymore. Picture this: a spooky apartment in a fantastic location, all at a freakishly low price. Would you dare to live there? It's not every day that you meet people who have channeled their real-life experiences in a haunted apartment into the creative project of a lifetime. Enter Sally Struthers, an award-winning actress alongside co-star Jennifer Lee Houston and director Alan Piper, who invite us into their world of spooky roommates, the making of their new independent horror film, Evil Sublet, and their unique perspective into the world of indie filmmaking on a budget. I'm Bob Wheeler. And this is a special edition of Money You Should Ask, where we explore why we do what we do when it comes to money. good feeling about this place. Why does the listing say it's evil? That's the East Village. It's just an abbreviation like Soho, Dumbo, Tribeca, the evil. It's a fully furnished three bedroom. Get out. Get out. Oh, hello. I think we just found our dream apartment. <laughs> hey guys, what just happened? Well, I'm super excited today because we have a special episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm sitting here with Sally Struthers, Alan Piper, and Jennifer Lee Houston, who are all part of Evil Sublet. And the funny thing is, this movie is actually based on Jennifer and Alan's real-life experiences. And we'll get into that a little bit because I'm not sure I would stay in a haunted place, although the comedy store is haunted. So seems appropriate. Welcome to the show. So excited to have everybody here. Thank you. Thank you so much. They're married, by the way. They are married. Yes, we are. Yeah, That's... these two are married. Uh, Bob. Yeah. I'm not married. You're not married? <laughs> do we Do we need to, uh, we can turn this into a dating app. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, let's just try it out as we go along. Here. All right. Well, we'll find somebody. Now, do you want somebody scary? Or Oh, no, not me. Not these two are fine with scary. I, you're not. No, I was in their film, but I don't want to see it. You prefer to be the frightener, not the frightened. Yes, and I don't. I would feel so guilty if I frightened someone. I wouldn't get over it for years. So I tried to not even frighten people. Well, that's so nice. But so let me ask you this, Sally. So it's a scary film. You're, this is your debut into horror. You've done everything. You've done television, stage, and movies. And this is your first horror film. And... What drew you to the film? Uh, well, it's been in the back of my mind that that's one thing in show business that I didn't do, but it was because they became my dear friends five years ago. It feels awesome. like 50 years. I know him so well. But, uh, and they asked me, but it was way back before COVID that they asked me. And then COVID hit and they had to put their movie on hold. Right. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm just happy I eventually got to do it because now really the only thing I haven't done is a porno film. 
Well, we'll we'll get right on that. That's the uh, that's the next project. Great. The year is young. The year is young. So uh, but I'm not. Though I think we don't want to do that. Oh, honey, there's, there's an audience for everything. There's an audience. You'd be surprised. Really? Oh yeah. There is an audience. Oh, my that yes, there. Really? Really? Yeah, that's right. Uh, what's that? fans? Fans only. Only fans. Only fans. Oh, my God. You'd make a mint. You'd make a mint, Sal. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Bring that ring light home. So, well, we were talking earlier about bad money choices. <laughs> yeah. No. Making an independent film and using your life savings, that feels like a good choice. <laughs> so, Alan, Jen, how did you just say, let's take every dollar we have and put it into a film because we all know every film is profitable from day one? I would I would say that the uh, some of the best money advice that I could give to anyone is do not make an independent film. Yeah. Uh, but we had uh, we had an unusual um, fundraising strategy with our film. Anyone who gave uh, over twenty dollars had the option of becoming a ghost in the film. We right. would take their faces and we would hide them in the shadows and in the corners of the apartment. And how many ghosts do you have hiding in this film? Over two hundred. Over two hundred. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and what's great. Right is it, this was a way that people who contributed to the movie could literally become part of it. Yeah. But it also makes it creepier and scarier. We've had uh, so we've we've now premiered the movie at the Coney Island Film Festival, cool. and I was I was sitting next to someone at the movie, and we're watching the scene, and in the background, uh, in the window, as it looks like it's a reflection, it's a face staring there that's hidden, and just it's there for the whole scene, and then partway through the scene, that person goes, ah, look up there, <laughs> and so it's so it's good, so it serves the purpose of both funding the movie and making the movie creepy well i just did the math if you had let's just say forget about the word over 200 just 200 people and they at minimum donated 20 dollars each that's an extra four thousand to make your film right yeah and yeah. it ended up uh since a lot of people gave more than the 20 dollars, it, it ended up being a a uh, a sizable it, it ended up making it possible for us to do things with the movie that we didn't think we would be able to yeah. otherwise some people weren't satisfied with simply having their face in the movie they wanted to know how much they would have to pay if they could have their whole body in it <laughs> we're like Wait. okay yes. sparky some uh, somebody asked us how much would it cost for you to superimpose their give, give me a line and let me be in the movie oh and we were like we can do there's the screenwriter Go to town. And so we did. Do you need these laundered? There you yeah. go. 10,000 pounds. It works. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. People wanted to be a part of it, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. We had, we had, we had some other uh, things, interesting things, too. Some people wanted props. So we had a special, you know, they wanted like a, a bloody sword or, you know, I'm like, wow. yeah, absolutely. There's, Go for it. Go for it. Hey, when you're you got to get creative when you're doing independent filmmaking. Yes, absolutely. 4,000 doesn't sound like a lot. But when you're making a film, four thousand could be like four million. And it was actually more than four thousand. Yes. Oh yeah. God, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, the other one has said it yet, but we're early in this interview. The the the, the first film festival was just a few weeks ago with yeah. Coney Island because the, the part of the film takes place at Coney Island. Oh, that's so cool. But they won best film at the film festival. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, nice. And that's then fun. and then next week we are off to Slovenia to uh, show at the Grossman Fantastic Film and Wine Festival. Slovenia. That is like one of my. I can't Slovenia even spell it. <laughs> yes. 
But I need to pull out my globe and like stick it up in it. Slovenia Film Festival. It's yeah. uh, it's one of uh, it's one of the most esteemed uh, <laughs> horror and fantasy festivals in Europe, and we're honored to be uh, a part of it. That's super exciting. I was going to guess that. <laughs> that was my next, you know, comment. Was I was pretty sure it was the premier. No, it actually is kind yeah, of a big deal. Awesome. Um, last year, the guest of honor was Robert England. You yeah. might remember with, you know. Was he Freddy Krueger? Yes, yeah. he was Freddy Krueger. Oh, how yeah. did I know that? And this year... This year, it's John McTiernan. Yeah. Who is, uh, who's probably best known to most people as the director of Die Hard, uh, but best known to horror people as the director of Predator. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, so. I can say I saw that at the movie theater. Yeah, hundred years ago. Well, yeah. I, I think we'll be seeing it in a castle in Slovenia wow. yeah. as they uh, as they screen it to uh, to honor him. That's so cool. Well, now, so rumor has it this is based on true life apartment living mm -hmm. in New York. You actually have books flying across the room. I don't know. Now, I saw a little clip of the movie, and I can tell you if anybody came at me with a... I don't know why masks are scary, but when you have a smiley mask and an axe, it's just terrifying. And, you know, I don't know if he was a clown or not, but he was enough that I was like, I would give up the apartment. Well, we have had... Uh, yeah. The events depicted in the movie are, uh, in some cases, slightly ex exaggerated. In some cases, not exaggerated at all. Uh, uh, interpretations of things that have actually happened in the apartment, and uh, we do uh, we do live in a, an apartment where strange things happen, but we also live in an apartment that we can afford in right. Manhattan, right. in the East Village, and it's big. It's yeah. big. Yeah, yeah, we have an entire floor. It's like a sitcom-sized apartment. It's like the Friends apartment. Yeah, you know, and you don't find out until you go to New York. Like that apartment doesn't. Who young kids living it? No, they're living in a studio with four other people. They're not. But well, here's what I loved in the clip, and I'm not really giving anything away. But when you, you know they're talking about it, and there's been murders, and there's this and that, and there's a garden, and Jen's like, "There's a garden, right?" <laughs> well, I might be focused on the blood, but you know. There's a garden. That's awesome. Um, but did you ever think, now that you saved all this money, would it be worth paying to have somebody exercise? Or do you just, you get along? Well, you that's know, interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, Jen can talk more to that than I can. Uh, so things... And, and I, Jen, sort of in the relationship, I'm I'm the uh, I'm the Scully. Jen is the Mulder. I, I tend to try to look for a non supernatural explanation to things. I don't say I don't say the apartment is haunted, but I say very clearly and de definitively things happen in the apartment that I cannot understand or explain. Okay. And uh, as we were making the movie, these occurrences really ramped up yeah, cool. uh, quite substantially. And and the aftermath of making the movie, it really did seem, if one were going to interpret it as a haunting, it really did seem as though whoever was doing the haunting was all out harassing Jen. Yeah. And, and so at that point, what had been a more tolerable thing did, uh, did require a, a higher level of ghost busting than yeah. we had attempted so you couldn't just burn some sage i did all of that i i reached out to the new york paranormal society and got some advice i reached out to some other shamans and got some advice i thought about calling the church but then i thought oh hell no 
Um, <laughs> they have their own problems. Their own problem. um, yeah, I had done all of that. You know, I had burnt everything. I had burnt bay leaves. I had burnt sage. I had burned, you know, cinnamon. I um, had burnt numerous dinners. And his <laughs> burnt numerous dinners. And, you know, nothing was, was working. Accidental anyway, yeah, right? And, yeah. Okay. You try scrubbing and scrubbing and still those stains. I'm even old. I can't get these stains. So, and I thought, well, there is either I'm crazy and I'm not. So if I'm not crazy and if you're not crazy and you're the pragmatic one. I have, I have, so, you have witnessed more than I have, but I have witnessed my share. Yeah. Doors opening and closing, and yeah, once there. A lot of water turning itself on and off, which is really we're in the middle of a drought. Come on, it's really, but you know, I really, it's not 1851 anymore. Water doesn't just hot. You know what I mean? They, they, they keep up. Now, have you named? Have you named this entity? Oh God, no, and it's more than one. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. So this apartment was built in 1850. It was a house. It was a single family home. It was built in 1851. I don't know at what point. It got turned from a single-family home and lobbed up into really oddly shaped apartment. How many like stories is your build? Just four. Just, just four. four. So if a family lived in there and inhabited all more floors. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I imagine over the years, you know, it's a working-class neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I'm, I imagine they lived really, really rough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With not a lot of medical care, with yeah. not a lot of uh, sanitation. When you think, well, when did indoor plumbing even because I, I imagine you know we have it pretty easy if you get the cold or the flu you go to the doctor you get some med- whatever they had none of that right. so I imagine for people going through cholera and typhoid and the Spanish flu mm-hmm. I can imagine that exit leaving was not great yeah. not easy yeah uh, you know I mean that's what I think of yeah. my my heart just goes out to because honestly, the ghost that I'm experiencing, one in particular, is not, she's not well. Like, yeah. there's a there's a definite anguish, mm-hmm. you know. This is, she's not just, like, tipping a book off the shelf and, you know, that's mischievous. The other right. ones are mischievous. Yeah. Like poltergeist? Ish. Ish? Yeah. Ish. But, she yeah. done, but they haven't done any harm, and they did sort of amp it up for the films. So. Wait a minute. We just got a head tilt from Jennifer Lee Houston. I mean, harm, psychic harm, mm-hmm. it got a little not, it got, oh, really? got a little uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, I don't, you want to turn the lights on and off? Fine. You want to remove some items? You want to turn the water on and off? You want to slam doors? I don't really mind all of that. But when you start yelling at me at three o'clock in the morning, yeah. I might have a problem. If you start touching me, I am going to have a problem. I have a yeah. big problem with that. Dear God. Yeah. You never told me this before. Well, I because I want you to spend the night there. I'm not coming to you. So I was I like, never. I'm not your place anymore. I, I, I busted them. I, that we haven't gotten to that part. I called in a shaman. We we exorcised the place. There's no more touching. There's no more touching. Guess I won't be making that word all the guest room. Our apartment is so big. This is unheard of. Yeah. So, and speaking of money, part of the reason why we were able on a shoestring budget to make this film was because the majority of the film is our apartment. Right. We used our apartment. So, you know, not a lot of location fees in. You know, unless you're, you know, I'm like, come on, I'm going to charge you $20,000 if you're going to mess my kitchen up like that. Sparky. And they save money by the fact that Alan wrote it. Yep. Alan directed it. Yep. Alan edited it. Yeah. Yep. Jennifer starred in it. 
Yeah. I mean, that saved a lot of money. Well, yeah. For for a lot of scenes, I was the yeah. whole crew, which also was good as we were uh, emerging from the COVID shutdown because we wanted right. to keep the number of people on set yeah. to an absolute minimum. Yeah. Now, fortunately, uh, Sally's scenes, uh, you didn't have to spend a lot of time in the haunted apartment. <laughs> Most of your scenes were in a, another location that, as far as we know, is not haunted. Okay. It's definitely not haunted. But uh, the... Our, we were going to shoot everything in March and April of 2020 because because that was just going to be oh, yeah, yeah perfect time. So that didn't happen. Uh, we had uh, we had everything ready to go. We stopped everything. Our our first day back after um, uh, SAG cleared us to begin shooting and gave us wonderful uh, COVID safety protocols. Our first day back uh, was was filming with you. And I have to say that uh, and, uh, everyone was nervous just to be in public with other people. Yeah. yeah. And uh, having they were also nervous because we were filming with an absolute screen legend and the the warmth and uh, just the 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 openness of spirit that Sally brought to the set really the entire the entire rest of the shoot had the entire rest of the movie had a glow, a positive glow cast over it by the way, the experience of what was our, our new day one of filming uh, with Sally. It had to be, I'm thinking as, you know, woman to woman, you shoot some things and then it's how much afterwards do you shoot anything else? Your hair, like, oh, do you my, let your hair grow? Do you change its color? Oh, you can't goodness. do it. Did you take photos? Oh, How do you God. remember what your hair looked like months ago? I, it was a nightmare. Yeah. You don't even, you, and first of all, I made him go back and reshoot stuff because I had packed on so many COVID pounds. I was like, dude, we cannot have this little slip of a thing walking down the street and then she rounds the corner. <laughs> She's backed on 25 yes, pounds. She stopped for a couple of those hot dogs they sell on the corner in New York. Oh my God. And so we we had to go back and reshoot some things. And my hair was a nightmare. At one point, I misunderstood and I don't know what, I dyed my hair blue. And he was, yeah, I yeah. don't know what I was thinking. He's like, he goes, why did you do? I say, well, it only comes out in 28 washes. And he goes, well, we shoot next month. And I go, well, yeah. And he goes, next month is next week. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, is that oh thing. Jim, Jim was saying, but we're we're not shooting again until September. Right, it, it is August twenty eighth. Right. <laughs> so I had to. Oh, I I destroyed my hair getting the blue out. I oh, just wow. right. It was just awful. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, You're like me. I'm all over the map. I sent a happy May Day to my friend on May 1st, but it wasn't May 1st. It was March 1st. Oh, see? Yeah, I, get, I just yeah. get scattered about what day, what month it is. Yeah, especially lockdown for us in New York City was, was pretty extreme. I don't know what it was like in Los Angeles, but we were like trapped rats, yeah, it, honestly. I was fortunate because as a CPA, I was considered essential. Oh, you are. Oh, yeah. So we got. I got to go to an office every day, and so we kept our office running. Um, the club closed down completely. It was actually weird. The first night we actually had people back in the club, I kept going, get out. Get, what are you people doing here? This is an empty club. Um, so it was, very, it was very weird, though. Everything was empty. And I mean, were you here in co for COVID in LA? I was. I was home and in my house with my nephew and his wife and child who 
we all lived together, and um, I, I thank God for them because I would have been alone for a year and a half. Yeah, it was a long time. And they they helped me get through it, and I helped them. Um, it was fascinating how you learn to order your groceries over the phone and yeah. to not get upset when they bring you bananas with brown spots on them already. And Unless you ordered oranges. <laughs> yeah, and which, which, yes. Um, I, I'm not good alone, which yeah. is probably why horror films, the idea of them scares the patootie out of me because uh, everything to me is frightening in life. Yeah. Going to see a movie by myself, can't do it. Yeah. My home that I live in for 25 years just happened to come with a swimming pool. I've never been in it. Water scares the patootie out yeah. of me. I'm scared of so many things. So so I was really glad to have them through through COVID. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. As, well, speaking of scary, I was just going to ask, have you ever had um, a ghost experience or do you believe in ghosts or have you had something where you went, ah, there's something in the air? I prayed nightly. And sometimes out loud during the day in the previous home I lived in, because everyone, house guests, my daughter, everyone saw the ghost but me. In the, I lived in Rita Hayworth's old house over in Redwood, California. Nice. Just blocks from where O.J. killed his wife. Oh, well, and, you know. um, Allegedly. My, no, well, yeah. <laughs> my, hey, moving on. My, my, my <laughs> nephew, you know how you, peripherally you... If you don't see it peripherally, you just can sense. Sometimes it's in your car, right? And you're starting to go away at your nose, and then you realize the person in the car is looking at you up there. So. <laughs> but my nephew felt someone in the doorway of the upstairs TV room in that house. This was a 6,800 square foot house. Yeah, we all got lost in there, and he turned and looked, and there was this gossamer-looking woman with her hair up all pretty in the long gown, and he stood up. Because he was so frightened, I, you know, I don't move. I'm like a deer. Yeah, I'm frozen. But he he stood up, and then she just evaporated. Wow! But that was the woman that my daughter kept seeing in her bedroom. So, wow. And then the woman I bought the home from, a lovely older lady named Marjorie Rainey, told me that she was told when her parents bought the house that there was a a drunken adult game of hide and go seek going on in this house in the 1940s when Rita Hayworth lived in it. And someone saw a closet right before the entrance of the kitchen, probably thought it was a, a broom closet they were opening the handle of. And in the, her drunkenness went to jump in the broom closet and it was the stairway to the basement that <gasps> she fell and broke her neck. Wow. So we, we're, and died. So we're assuming that that woman that keeps wandering the house is the person that was at the party. Wow. Yeah. You don't play adult drunken I go think not a good idea in a house dangerous. you don't know. It's yeah. Dangerous. Well, we have, I think we have, I think there's about five entities that have been identified here um, at the comedy store. Um, now, I have not had a personal encounter, but I can tell you I've been in the building locking up by myself. It's terrifying. Even the general manager, everybody's like, if you're the last one in the building, you are running through and checking the windows and you're like, and then you'll get to the alarm and it's like, window unlocked. Now you have to go through all three stories of the building in the dark. It's it's not fun. No, it's terrifying. But I do have I do have one ghost story that happened to me, and I and a lot of people like they brought in people that measure, and mm -hmm. it's all been it's well documented. But I was I had to get something. I had to make a copy of something. I had to go to the third floor. It was late at night, and we have these stairs with this big window um, to the outside. 
and it was dark. I had my light on my phone and walking up the stairs with the server so we can make a copy. And we look up and there's a person in the window, right? And we're like, oh my God. And it turns out it was a reflection of a poster Polly Short put up uh, for his latest movie. Me. And the way the light hit. <laughs> and it oh, yeah, yeah. And we were like, thanks, Polly. Because um, it scared the bejesus out of us. Oh, yeah. It's scary. And even your mind just starts going crazy. Um, I had a manager come to me one time and said, everybody's telling me the club is haunted. And I said, it is. He quit. Like, he literally is like, I'm yeah. I'm quitting. I'm like, yeah, but you haven't seen anything. He goes, I don't need to. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> so yeah. it's scary. Yeah. I cannot let my hand or my foot be even an inch over the edge of the bed. Me oh, either. Yeah. Me neither. Because it's gotta be covered. I still have the childlike mind that there's a monster under the bed. Oh, I'm pretty and sure. And that sure. if I let my foot go <laughs> over or my hand, they're gonna come and grab it and pull me under. Oh yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I my body senses what I'm doing when I'm sleeping and if I kick off the covers and like a foot goes hanging over, I wake up and pull my foot back. Yeah. But it's nice that the monsters under the bed are respectful of the boundaries. They are. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't go over the edge, it's not going to come creeping around and look for it. That's true. Stop they do have sense of something that makes that's... no sense. No, that to look, I'm, I didn't get in a swimming pool after I saw Jaws and I wouldn't take a bath Me because too. I'm like, it's going to come through the drain. Yep, like, absolutely. Hey, I don't... my uncle Ross Linfoot was a plumber. <laughs> And he told us that this customer of his, an older woman, called him one night screaming at one in the morning, you have to come over here, you have to come over. What? Something bit me. And she she went in the dark and sat down on the commode. Oh, no. And a rat had been swimming through the pipes and was in the toilet and bit her. Bit her patootie. So, her, bit her twinkle. Yeah. So she had, you know, when you get a bite from something that may be rabid you yeah. have to go to the hospital and have all those shots in your yeah, stomach yeah, yeah. but he had to come over and pull the rat out of the toilet for so you're not foolish to think that jaws could come swim yeah. up through your pipe yeah. a little baby jaws it's a little baby jaws it's still sure. bite big bite big bite but it's amazing what sticks with you i am a very i know i sound crazy to everybody out there listening, I am not crazy. What I am is crazy like a fox. I married that guy. Uh, no, but it, but it's what's amazing is the stuff that lingers from your childhood. Oh, for sure. For I rem, I rem, my parents bought the house that I lived in. They got it. They moved in a week before I was born, and right before my parents moved in, somebody committed suicide in the house. Wow. So that house was. 100% not okay energetically. Yeah. And in the, that would, in my bedroom, that the room that was, but, oh, wow. that, but that's not even why I brought up the house that we, it didn't have a pool. My dad put a pool in. And I remember being four years old and him holding me and bopping me around in my, in the pool. And I said, Dad, where are the holes? He goes, that's where the snakes live. Oh, 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 oh. I was four. Wow. And that is not what you tell a very, you know, fragile four-year-old and to this day i really don't like to be in a pool by myself and i know perfectly well that snakes are not going to come pouring out of every out of every hole i mean on a good day you might catch a frog in the skimmer right. that happened a lot but um i would only eat bread and peanut butter for the first five years of my life and i did a variation in the morning i wanted peanut butter toast in the afternoon or at school, when I started preschool, school, it was a peanut butter sandwich in my little lunchbox. And at dinner, 
very elegant, a toasted peanut butter sandwich, uh-huh. like you do. Yeah, okay. So my parents got concerned that I was only eating peanut butter and bread. I wasn't eating fruit or vegetables or protein. They know now, you know, all these years later, that peanut butter is full of everything yeah. that your body needs and you're not going to get sick. And my father was a doctor, so he sits down on the bed one night. I was maybe not even five yet. My sister's over there in that twin bed. I'm here. And he's talking to me in the dark. And he says, Sally, I said, yes, Daddy. He said, Sally, you know how you love that peanut butter so much? Yes, Daddy. Well, I just, your mother and I have spoken, and we think it's very important for you to know that, you know how you and Susie get a jar, your mommy, when the jelly's all gone, and and she helps you poke holes in the top, and then you take the lid off, and you go outside, and you put some grass and leaves in it, and then you catch a grasshopper or a beetle, and you put it in there, you put the lid on it, you watch it all day. Yes, Daddy. Well, you probably didn't know this, but but one morning, you're going to wake up inside of a giant peanut butter jar, and it's going to be so big, nobody will be able to open the lid to get you out. Huh. I didn't eat peanut butter for 30 years. Oh, oh my God. And I had nightmares, continuous nightmares about being stuck in a jar and not being able to get out. Parents are crazy. Yeah. They parents are crazy. Yeah. But they grab a doctor. They broke you of eating the peanut butter sandwiches. I was so important that then a mission accomplished. There you go. Yeah. Huh. (laughs) Well, what did did you eat instead then? Pudding. Because that doesn't come in a jar. So. <laughs> smart choice. A smart oh my choice. God. That's too funny. So what was the most exciting thing about this film? When you, like, all these different things going on, Haunted House, you got Sally, you've written it, like, you've used your life savings. Well, I, I think I think what is always the most exciting thing about a film, uh, well, first of all, I... I um, I, I don't know if we've actually said so the movie it's the story of a New York couple who knowingly move into a haunted apartment because right. the rent is cheap right uh, Jen plays uh, the the lead role she's uh, she's the wife in the couple and she's the person that the haunted events happen most to uh, Sally plays a very important role that the uh, basically that the whole mystery of the apartment turns on and uh, so uh, so I just wanted to make sure people knew uh, the just the the premise of the movie. Uh, so I think what's most exciting about a movie is always the the unexpected things that the other people involved bring to it. Uh, m- movies are, I think, probably the most collaborative art form. It's not like a novel where the novelist sits down and and creates it all himself. So as a as a writer and as a director, I had all sorts of uh, visions in mind. And the exciting thing is you you work with other people and they exceed uh, your visions. Uh, Jen was uh, I, I wrote I wrote roles for her where she had to be funny and scared and scary and angry because I knew that she I knew that she could perform in all of these ways, but she performed in ways that exceeded my expectations and that made. I'm uh, just finding this out, by the way. <laughs> How was I? Oh, you were yeah, fine. You were incredible. You're incredible in the film. You are I am wonderful. So proud of you. As are you. And, and and Sally is. She brings to to her scene. She brings. Uh, when I was on set, one moment I'm I'm tearing up 
based on her performance. And at the next moment, I'm having to bite my fist so that I don't crack up and, and spoil the take. Uh, and we had we had so many talented performers, and they all exceeded my expectations, and they all brought uh, more to the roles and to the movie than I could have imagined being there on my own. So for me, that is the most exciting thing. About I think the most exciting thing of all is the day that they told me that it was edited, it was done, and they had written to film festivals and it had been accepted at the Coney Island Film Festival. That, to me, was the culmination of, oh, my God, we can now pop open the champagne and... and do some high fives and yeah. gotten to the finish line. Yeah. yeah that close. to me was yeah. for, for them. That's all I want, especially when COVID interrupted the whole thing. That's all I wanted was to get to the finish line for them. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment because so many films get started, they get filmed, they go nowhere yeah. um, or they don't get the final edits. So final edits, everything, film festivals, it made it to the screen, which a lot of films don't make it to the screen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of, lot of, lot, anyway, whatever we could go on about. Okay. What was your favorite thing about uh, the film? Oh my God. Getting to work with your illustrious, wonderful husband. It was all amazing. It's just like Alan said. It was, listen, when you have, we had done, we've been together for 16 years. We have done a lot of little projects together. I'm also a singer songwriter. So he is, he you has wrote five songs in the movie. And I did write five songs in the movie. But he, we've done a couple of music videos together. He helps me out. I help him flush out some little things. But we had certainly never done a feature film together. Um, I was a producer on his last feature film, which was a documentary. So. It, whatever, you know, I could have never imagined that anybody would ever do anything like that for me. You know, I'm older. I'm old. I'm older. I, I thought, you know, I, I've had my career. You know, I was primarily a, a musical theater dancer. And when you stop dancing, the the phone stops ringing. And I just got, well, you know what? I'll just hang it up. And Wait a minute. I'm going to interrupt you. What? Because you were talking about this earlier to, to my friend Claudia. You were... You just arrived an hour ago at my house. Yes. Uh, and I was t talking about you having a baking company. Yes. And you uh, being very well known in, in the New York area for the insane cakes you make for people for all sorts of events. And then you were talking to Claudia about speaking, Bob, of, of money. Yeah. She crazily, without thinking of really what it was all about, decided that, well, she liked to bake. She would open a bakery. Like you do? When your acting career starts to just open it, you just you, open a bakery. In New York where there aren't any other bakeries? Right. <laughs> Never. They don't have food there. Yeah. I, I took a really awesome. bizarre, like, hairpin She, she did curve. very well, and her business was called Shut Your Cake Hole. No. <laughs> My cake show is called, and Alan makes a cake show for me. So, well, so I had a bakery. It was called, well, first it was called the PMS Cookie Company. And yes, that's what you were thinking. And then that didn't fly. Imagine that. And so then five years into having the company, we had to rename it This Chick Bakes. And then we ended up selling it um, 10 and a half years later. And, uh, you know, in addition, my partner, I started this bakery after knowing this fellow for six months. He was my boyfriend. We started a business together. What were we thinking? Anyway, I hated him so much by the end of this bakery thing. Yeah. He had left me for a younger, blonder model. We were broken up, but still living together. It was a nightmare. We hated each other. We couldn't wait to get away from each other. He ended up being one of my best friends. But Alan wrote not only this film for me, he wrote to play my husband, this ex-boyfriend. 
to play my husband. So it's a generous guy filled with just so much weirdness. And then my ex-boyfriend's wife, his actual wife, plays his sister in our movie. Oh, that's hilarious. Just to keep well, it's, it janky, yes. you know. So uh, that's uh, that's Charlie Tucker uh, and uh, his wife is Michelle Ammon. Yes. I and mean, you see them both on TV all the time. They're wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Charlie Charlie plays uh, Charlie plays Jen's husband in the movie and I cast That was them awkward at all. I cast them together because they have a really interesting chemistry together. And Charlie is a a wonderful a wonderful actor. Yeah. So 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 Jen makes this television show and she bakes something that you would never dream could be be made in your own kitchen and alan films it yeah. and and yeah. it's called shut your cake hole shut your cake hole and so amazing. so we so we work together in all of those like smaller little like you know you start a cake show online whatever like you do you after you close your bakery yeah. you make music videos and you do this but i could never have imagined at i'm gonna say this juncture of my life that anybody would do anything like that for me. And so when he presented me with this script for me to read, I didn't even know he was writing a movie. So he's like, I just wrote this thing for you. Because he has a million other jobs, by the way. He's just, oh, oh, I wrote a movie. I'm like, oh, well, take a look at it. And here's the funny thing. I'm reading, I'm reading. It's wonderful. I'm delighted. I'm laughing. I'm crying. But I get to this one part, and I'm reading this part, and I'm like hearing Sally Struthers' voice in my head. Now, at this point, we didn't know Sally so well. This was years ago that he wrote this. We had just met Sally and spent an evening with her chatting and loving. And anyway, so I obviously when I finish, I go in and I say, holy crap, are you kidding me this is so fun and wonderful and i can't believe you did this real great but let's go back to this part rena baker when i was reading this I, I just kind of naturally rhythmically heard sally struthers i'm like tell me that you didn't write that part for sally struthers he goes maybe maybe i'm like what makes you think that sally struthers is gonna be in our janky little independent film like great now i can't imagine anyone else doing it so it took a long time for me to get my courage up months and months and months to ask you what did i say you said immediately without even having read it you said yes i was like holy shit so I th- maybe that was my ma- favorite movie of the whole movie was the day Sally Struthers said yes to that she would be in our movie. Well, and and uh, yeah, and the, and there's oh a God. there's a twist there's a twist with Sally's character that we won't uh, that we won't discuss, but it is but it is it is um, yeah, Sally definitely brings She's just so much. much. No, I'm <laughs> so much the, uh, so much to the movie, and uh, we're I'm only in it a little tiny bit, but yeah, just enough. It's <laughs> it's perfect. And you know what? I've watched movies where people have been in it for two minutes and won Academy Awards. Yes. Because that two minutes is pivotal to the whole movie. So it doesn't matter how long you're in the movie. It's the impact. Well, I am with with everyone in every role. I just feel incredibly blessed by the actors that I got to work with uh, and and the wonderful experience of, of getting to getting to direct my wife. Uh, it just I'm thrilled to have been surrounded by so much talent on this film. No, that is so cool. That is so cool. Well, I know we're getting close to the end, so I'm going to actually shift the energy for just a second, um, and I'm going to ask you, we, we have a thing called Test Your Nerve, and so I'm going to ask you each some questions about money, and then we'll we'll do a little wrap-up. Okay. So, you know, we're going to ask about marriage balance and stuff like that. So, I'm going to, Alan, first question to you is, how did you feel when you realized you were going to pull all your money out for uh, to do this film? Like, what was the emotion that went on? Uh, it... it <laughs> uh, you, you know, I have, I had, uh, I had, I had belief uh, uh, that um, 
I, I had faith in this film that this film would be uh, and uh, uh, it will it is uh, it's being distributed by uh, Lionheart distribution so uh, I have confidence that it will be coming to uh, <laughs> coming to either a, a theater or a streaming platform near you in the near future so uh, it is it's a bold thing to uh, Make an independent film, but I have I had confidence that it would all nausea, nausea, no, uh, that's my that's my film festival so far. When you make an independent, non studio produced film, yeah, you've got to enter a hundred film festivals. Hope you get in seven or eight of them, and if you do well, one win an award or two, maybe someone will say they'll be your your distributor for your film and they'll get it placed somewhere. First film festival, one best film, they have a distributor already, yeah. We're, uh, awesome. we're 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 off to an auspicious start, and I, I believe it's because of uh, I, I believe it's because of the, all of the great talent that we have in the movie. There you go. No, no, that's awesome. All right, Sally, for you. What? What was the um, what was the first time you realized? Oh, I'm actually going to be able to make a living uh, doing acting. Do actors ever feel they're going to make a living? Yeah. You see, because there's a there's a, a very uh, valid fear that you get a job it eventually comes to an end it can end in a week or a month if it's a movie of the week or or a play Mm -hmm. and then you don't know when you're going to get another job so i don't think there's a lot of actors who ever think oh well i'm now i'm going to do okay because i my one of my dearest friends who i introduced to jen and ellen is the wonderful actress brada vaccaro (laughs) and um (laughs) she's she can act rings around me she is fascinating and bright and deserves every award in the world for how, what an artist she is. And yet she can't get arrested. And I keep working. So what what dictates that? I don't know. But um, I've done really basically for the last 25 years, mostly only uh, theater. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I go to all these regional theaters. Yeah at different places in the country to do a play just for that theater or a musical. That's and awesome. so I'm occupied for six weeks, two weeks of rehearsal, a four-week run of the play or the musical. And then I pack up my suitcase and I go over here to this city and I meet 50 new people and I learn all their names and I learn a whole new show. And I do that for six weeks and then I pack up my suit. I mean, I've been living like a vagabond mm-hmm. for years now. So when these two said, well, Alan's written a... Yes! I'll do it! Yes, I I don't have to go learn 50 people's new names! No. Oh, my God, yeah. No, I don't think actors ever feel secure. Yeah, Yeah. Because you're the flavor of the month right now, and then you can be put through a 10-year period of a drought Mm -hmm. where you can't get arrested and you start waitressing or you whatever, or you open a baking company. Yeah. Like you do. Like you do. Like you do. No, I have never felt financially sound. Okay. Yeah. I think that's true for a lot of artists. I do. I do. What about you? What is it that gives you this risk-taking that, oh, I'll do dancing. No, now I'll do a bakery. Oh, now I'll go sing. And I'll write songs. And oh, let me... You just pivot. Pivot. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know how... You know, I've been in New York for 32 years, and I had always had a million jobs. I always excel at whatever I really commit to, and I've always landed on my feet, and I feel the same way about... Um, 
you know, my, any any collaboration with Alan, you know, what whatever will be, it'll what it'll be what it'll be. We are going to land on our feet. I always do. I always have. I've been homeless at times, and I mean that, like living in a truck on the side of Shark Key, you know, like you know, showering on the beach, all of that. But that's you know what? That's exciting. You know, live a little. Um, as long as you're breathing, you always have the opportunity exactly. to get yourself into a better exactly. situation. Exactly. Always. Yeah. Always. Just be, cre- just be creative. You just got to be creative about it. And you, there is a certain amount of self-belief. You just have to have. You got to believe. We're going to land on our feet. It's going to be okay. Listen, Bob, I don't understand money. Mm-hmm. I don't understand where it comes from and what you're supposed to do with it. I don't understand how to save or pay attention to whether or not the bank account's going up or down. So I've lived my whole adult life with a CPA business manager yeah. who can rein me in. They try really hard. I'm not being good at reining. For instance, when I go to Maine or to Virginia to do something, everybody in those business offices, in those places of work, are told on day one that they are not allowed to hand me my paycheck. And when you're in show business, Thursday is job appreciation day. Thursday, you get your check. I never see it because they, they've they been told that the, the check for me has to be mailed to Los Angeles to people who will take the money and do the right thing with it. Because if it were handed to me, I would immediately go to every antique store in a 30 mile mm-hmm. vicinity and I would be sending home more furniture with no room in my house to place it. Okay. But yeah, no, I'm not good. You're not good with money. And you know what? Oh, most people aren't. So, and that's why we love talking about money. That's why, because everything we do has a money impact, whether we take a risk, we don't take a risk, whether we spend money, we don't spend money. Money impacts all of us. Um, I know we're coming to the end here. Where can people find the film? What would you suggest? Go to the, you've got a website with the trailer and all that good stuff. Oh, can I just tell them before you answer that? Evil Sublet is like E period Ville, V-I-L. Like East Village. Like yes. East Village. Evil. Like yes. for the people that are watching this that are probably way more sophisticated than I am. But like Soho stands for south of Houston Street in, in <laughs> New York. In if you live in Soho, you're south of Houston Street. <laughs> So evil is East Village, but evil sublet yes. also means it's evil. Yeah. Yes. So uh, if you uh, if you go to evilsublet.com, if you follow us, uh, evil sublet on Twitter or on Facebook, uh, you can see updates on when and where there will be an opportunity to see the movie. And I hope it will soon be available for people to see uh, the world over. No, that's awesome. Well, I encourage everybody to go see this movie. You'll pee in your pants and you'll laugh because it's comedy and horror Woo. and a whole bunch of stuff in between. Thanks so much for all of you. Yeah, thank you. Sally, thank you. Alan, Jennifer, yeah. thank you so much. It's been awesome. Thank, thank you. you for moving the lights for us, Gal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you. Hey there, Money Master. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Did you learn some valuable insights around your relationship with money? Our guests shared some of their financial epiphanies. You might have experienced one too. Don't just sit there with that aha moment. Share it with us and the world by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Or leave a comment on one of our socials, at Money You Should Ask. Let's spread the word and help others explore their financial health too. But that's not all. Do you want to live in abundance and build wealth that can sustain you and your family for generations to come? It only takes one thing, the willingness to change the way you think about your money. It's time to test your money nerve and discover what's been holding you back from financial freedom. 
Take the free quiz now at themoneynerve.com and begin your journey towards a prosperous future. 